This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. You're on the dock here with Pastor Troy right now. We're getting ready to go. We drop our podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Check those releases out. Don't want to miss them here. Our credo is getting people out of the shallows and into the deep. We want to have a conversation today that's going to just pump up your faith. So pump up the faith and let's go. Check us out on our eight platforms, primarily YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. Check that out. And well, we'd love to hear from you on our social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. Get in the Getter and get with us. And then when you find us, hit subscribe, like, notify, and comments and all those kind of things. Tell us about that. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to have you as a partner or sponsor on our Patreon site you can go to on the doc.org find all our platforms you can click quick links and get there and uh, you can also email us at info at on the doc.org you can find out more about our program there as well we'd love to have you we're doing well today i've got myself in the studio of course because i'm talking to you and gosh i got to be here mother beth abandoned us and so i'm i'm down to ben as my 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 lovely and my, well you're not Liaison. lovely at all yeah <laughs> Check You're not out. lovely. Um, just drops. I'm used to Mother Beth being here, my lovely and handsome, uh, my handsome uh, worship leader, co-host Ben Audelini. Ben, I prefer to be called lovely. Lovely. Yeah, not, but see, that our sexual harassment policy at Community Faith Church probably didn't let me do that. Do you feel uncomfortable with that? No, I feel no, great. No, no. <laughs> We're not not, in fact, that. I've never felt better. I, I think you're a very <laughs> handsome man. I, the, the reason I really love Ben the most is he brought me deer sausage this last week that was phenomenally. Mm. That was so uh, cured well. Handmade. You know? Handmade. It was aged, wasn't it? Yeah. It I was, loved yeah. it. Did you get us some? Cured That's... for like six to six to eight weeks. It, it hardened a little faster than normal. Beth and I liked it. Because of the warm temperatures. Well, can we uh, you know, step in right oh, here? And boy, say, I got you some... would think he would have had some here for us. Shane, Shane gave you some, right? Did you try some of Shane's? Because it's the same. No, no one. No. Really right, well, I've got some. Maybe I did get. It some wasn't your average. It wasn't ago. your summer sausage. It was. A, it was a salami. It was. It had a, like an eight. Nice. Like, very nice. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Uh, we're here on the dock. We're ready to go. We've been doing this great series, our super series, season two on the dock. We're doing worship leaders of Southern Illinois. We've got all kinds of sub series. We've got different leaders coming in to do this throughout the uh, the, the season this year, and we're going to be breaking them up in, in between others uh, on the dock special series we got coming up as well. But this is a super series, and we are in the we we're in the 
walk-off uh, inning here with our third part installation. It's actually part 12 in the whole series. It's with Daniel Lopez. Uh, he is putting together these incredible cedar sessions all and across McKenzie the And Mackenzie Lopez. Yeah, and Mackenzie. We got Mackenzie in the house, too. Mackenzie. We got uh, Ro Rosalie here. Sleeping. Isabella. Yeah, she's sleeping. Uh, you, you disappeared Finally. in the previous episode. You I went. Did. You I went on to. a journey. Now you got her tied in. Is she tied in to sleep? Is that case you go to sleep and she doesn't just drop yeah, off into oblivion they, and that's right, bonk yeah. her head? Yeah. See, so I don't we, we didn't tie our kids in. That's what's wrong with Josh. They got that that, that, that tick twitch, today. Yeah. yeah. What we used to do is you, if you put a helmet on them, if they fall, they're least, fine. Yeah, yeah they're, fine. they're good. Dust them off and get them back up. No, she likes it. She's very, she has been very good. You know, she's been really good today. Yeah. She's the first child I think we've had on the set. See, <gasps> wow. like on the set. We're all about family. So we've done yeah. like 80, 88 episodes, and this will be the first child. Because, you know, a lot of people say, like, when you have kids, it's like, oh, your life's over. You can't do anything. No. Our motto is like, You're no. Wrong. Bring her along. What, it's going to be more that, fun. Because, you know, we, I work a lot in Africa, and Africans take their children everywhere. They put them on their head. They roll them on their back. Uh, they, they just don't. They don't. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. They don't miss it. They don't. Miss, that, that's a sound effect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't miss a beat. And they're. they're Thank you. Very good. <laughs> they don't. They they're, they're part of the life of our church. Time. That's just yeah. part just part of it. So Isabel is welcome here. She's our first. She's our first child. Yes. Does she have an agent yet? Do we have to pay her royalties? Or hopefully yes. not. Yeah. It goes okay. straight to me. So we got we got we got Daniel Lopez here on the set. It's been great. He's married to Mackenzie. Three years, right? Going on three, three, years. On three we're, years. We're on thirty plus. My wow. wife quit me. She left me. She quit. I got me. so controversial in the last episode. One point in time, she came up and touched my shoulders. It's gonna be okay, honey. Oh yeah, that was intense. I, I hit an igniting moment for my life when, when, when people try to try to control the kingdom, it just bothers me because when you control the kingdom, the kingdom dies. Yeah. When yeah. you release the kingdom, man, God glor is glorified. That's it. Yeah. And That's and, and, and I, I love to see what what you're doing. You are releasing the kingdom in the work of the Cedar Sessions. Uh, you, you go to Love and Truth Church. Yeah. Love and Truth Church. Uh, Pastor Bob, you shared in the first episode, which would be episode 10 uh, you, you, uh, of this series. You, you, you kind of, you really shared uh, how he walked alongside you and just connected you with Christ. And, and I, I see that's had a huge influence on how you call people to just walking alongside God and connecting with God and each other. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. So check that out. Love and truth church.com. They have multi-campus church church all over Tennessee and all over places. They have, they work with churches internationally sponsoring them. Uh, just have a real good heart for that. Check out the Craneville campus and you see some info for email there, a Facebook page, uh, great worship there at nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock on Sunday, seven o'clock on Wednesdays. And then you're in the Cedar sessions. Uh, we've been showing you the Cedar sessions in the last two episodes. You can go back and watch a couple of those experiential moments uh it's an incredible uniting those red uh, nike shoes i you love know, that I you look dude, you, those, you look hit your kicks are on point those kicks yeah 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 the, the wardrobe Ooh. on your brother in the back is not near as good as yours <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah 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 no he's got those shoes back there i mean they're not saying nothing okay, guys, the hat. <laughs> no statement in those shoes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Jaden over there i can see he's sporting a little you, shoe over there too do you crease those nikes while you're get like supplication with the i think Lord? there's a book that says thou shalt not crease those shoes thou shalt definitely <laughs> not crease the shoes yeah <laughs> you, you guys he, he uh, daniel and israel which one which one of you is older is israel older israel's older. Israel, and then you got, Love that guy. you got one more brother what's your other brother josh josh yeah very talented family dad's a preacher 
Um, gosh, Mackenzie's dad's a preacher. Yeah. Uh, just your, your dad's at, where's he at? Destiny Center. Destiny Center. And that's where the last theater session was held in Carterville. Mm -hmm. So check that out. Also really talented family. Yeah. Very talented. I've got to maybe connect with him. I've never had, I need to bring your dad in an interview because we have a whole pastor series I'm doing. He would love that. Would would he do it? Would you you try to book him? Yeah. I've got a separate pastor series. I've done about six. I've got different pastor schedules. Yeah. He totally come in. Yeah. Yeah. You think he? You think he'd probably be interested in this project that we want to do the church thing? Probably. We well, well he, loves, he loves to get involved with stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, your mom's a phenomenal worship leader yeah. as well, right? We'll get, yeah. we'll get them involved. We'll get them. We'll get them involved. Yeah, they would love that. Let's see what we got. They got Ben there playing the guitar. I got Dustin. You're gonna hear from Dustin in one of our series here if you haven't done it yet. Uh, check that out. Just some great leaders here coming together to do an amazing. Amazing work before God. Uh, go back and check out the other session. Hey, I, I, I just want to do this. Let me show a Cedar session one more time here. Lucas, can you re- get ready for some video? Here's one minute from their Facebook site. You can go find this on YouTube too. This was somebody put this together, kind of give you an experience of the experience of worship. And I want to I want to talk about this when we get back. So I'm, when, when we come off this video, I want to talk about the concept of um, spontaneous in worship. And, and I want to talk about just some connection to this experience. Let's watch this for uh, 60 seconds. Here we go. Are you with me tonight? Are you ready to give him the praise he's worthy of? Are you ready to give him the attention he deserves? Are you ready to pour out the worship that he showed is worthy of? No situation, no circumstance. So good. That's 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 good. You've got other Cedar sessions in the plan, so people can check that out. Definitely. Definitely. Please just check that be out. watching our socials. So and, that and go to YouTube. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube right now and go go watch it and experience it. Yeah, yeah check yeah, it out. Exactly. And, and make sure you hit subscribe and hit like on them. Yes. And then make sure you tell them that you found it on the dock because we'll keep you up with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Uh, listen, on the Cedar sessions, I want to go a little deeper into that for a minute. They was just kind of clean up some stuff in the first episode. Um, the, the whole concept of these... I, I, how planned are you in this? I know you've got multiple worship leaders. So you've got a, you, you, each of these gifted leaders you've got, they've got songs they bring to the table, things that they're working on developing. Uh, how do you, how do you put together, you know, the, the worship for that night? How do you organize that and bring each person's gifts in and give them space to have ownership and participation? So we, Ben and I actually have been kind of leading this part. Um, we've been doing it together for sure. Um, we talk through songs and we talk through ideas. Um, and we probably have like a thought God's put on both our hearts that we try to go after. Um, but really the goals we've been saying, even in the last one, we just try to make space. Yeah. Uh, cause something could happen in the moment and we're all on board with it. Um, and I think doing it together probably helps, but I don't know. You could probably speak to that too. Do you come in? Do you, are, when when you come in, do you have? We're gonna do a we're gonna do a set of twelve songs or eight songs, or do you you kind of know what you've got? And then does God? Are you limited to that package? Do you have some flexibility, spontaneity in there? 
There, yeah. I mean, there's an outline. I mean, there's there's songs that we pick right. to have prepared. You're ready yeah. to go. And and but there's flexibility throughout that. I mean, there's like yeah, like we don't have about to do all space. of them, right? But we have them. Yeah, totally. ready to the, go. Yeah. And yeah. I think excellence kind of ties into that because I keep telling Ben, like, we need to be intentional. I, there's a lot of things we're learning as we grow and as yeah. we kinda, Yeah, we're developing. Yeah, we're, it's, it's going to be constant, too, that, that change. But hands down, we want to be intentional when we pick our songs, yeah. when we pick the moments we're going to speak. I think I'm going to do that for the next one is, like, we're going to talk and say, hey, for this song – Let's make room and let's let yeah. I'll come in right here. Or, you know, here's a good time to make yeah. room for whoever. For an exhortation. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also like in the moment. It's like just follow wherever like the Holy Spirit's yeah. leading you. You 100%. know, like even though we are being intentional with planning out, like we're gonna say this or we're gonna do this in this moment. It's just like just follow. Like you, we don't have to do. Like it's not like a schedule. Like we have there's to an do intention- this song. Yeah, there's an intentionality, but 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 it's but not going to override yeah, what follow, the spirit's leading. A hundred percent. Yeah, what's he breathing on in the moment? I mean, like yeah. this past Cedar sessions, I think there were like five songs, yeah, that or we, choruses or spontaneous songs yeah, that, that were not planned, planned at yeah. all, and yeah. some of them were fresh. And like, that's kind of the whole the whole purpose of Cedar sessions. Yeah, is yeah. allowing that room allowing the room for that. Yeah, what is for what that. is he breathing on in the moment that's a exactly. great word and i think part of what gives us freedom to do that is we're we're trying to be intentional about mm-hmm. when we're rehearsing these songs to just get everybody on the same page or yeah. whatever we're we're not just like trying to let's get through this and practice it we're trying to like it's not a concert where you're gonna, yeah. we're gonna do this yeah. album and you'll be finished. It's gonna be yeah. very organic. There, there's maybe a, yeah. a, a chart planned and a goal planned, but then when God takes over and it becomes yeah. live, yeah. you're gonna flow with that line. But I'm saying even in rehearsal, we're trying to get a sense of what God yeah. is breathing on in that yeah. song or right. what yeah. he might want to right. touch talk on about that it. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And like, see, if people come in yeah. and they get this experience and they capture the heart of what we're doing, it's because it's not just something we're waiting for when the performance happens or when the night happens. Yeah. We are literally there's an anticipation this is this is in our practice this is in our deciding what the songs are like we made room for god in every aspect of the process we didn't just invite him to the end part does that make sense like we didn't just wait for god to say hey god you're going to show up we're making room for you on the night so the anticipation starts at the roots and even in the process itself 100 percent. yeah so so there's an anticipation and then there's really with with that because i've watched you guys getting ready for several of these now there, with that anticipation there's also develops by the time you get to the night there's an expectation and that's powerful oh, yeah. that yeah. when you when you anticipate and you I know think, yeah. you feel it there's an expectation that's when you start inviting people and people start mm-hmm. to get excited about it and you can feel yeah. th- there's going to be something happen you know there there's a it's almost prophetic here's yeah. a uh, leadership tip you know people are excited about what's happening when they get to work and you don't have to say anything yeah because that's what it feels like. It feels mm-hmm. like people are just getting to work and I don't have to, you know, you don't have to hound anybody because they're just excited about what they're a part of. And I've made room for that because I want people to own it, but I also want it to be their thing. And then people just get excited because they're like, no one's down my throat about this. There's yeah. nothing but freedom to get creative, to get to work and to really do something special for people we care about. Yeah, it's definitely a learning process in, oh, yeah. in it too, you know? Like from the last one that we, not this past one, but the one before, it's like, 
I was t- kind of telling Daniel, like he asked me like how the practice went, whatever. And I was like, it feels different, but mm-hmm. like, not in like tech, not in like a bad way. Like it feels different in like something, it's something new every time. I feel like there's something new yeah. that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like right. they're not obviously all going to be the same, but it's like I this time it's like the spirit, you can feel the spirits moving in a different. What, what are some of the biggest challenges you get ready for these different uh, super events? Because you're dealing with a lot of worship yeah. leaders and a lot of people that have their own, they have their own models and you're bringing these models together. What are, you, what are your challenges week to week uh, as you, or month to month as you prep for these and putting the team together? And what, what are your, what's your biggest challenge? I think lately our biggest challenge has been the, how soon do we start asking people for for like when they're available. Um, and then probably the post-production, the post-production has been challenging too, just because we're, we're all still continuing our lives, but we're still trying to obviously like build this. And we, I, you know, and I tell everybody like, Hey, don't like no pressure. Like I've told Lucas, like no pressure, but he's like, no, 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 no. Like I got it. Or like right. Ben, Hey man, like I know you, we have a timeline, but like yeah. no big deal. Right? right. Cause I don't want it to be the moment it starts being have to, and it's a work. I'm not excited anymore. Really? Like nobody wants to have to do something. Like I want to do something and yeah. I want to be a part of that thing. And that's where I want to keep, that's where I want to keep us grounded is really mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a want to, and it's a get to. Yeah. So yeah. there's an expectation. I like that. What, what have you seen? This is a larger question because we're doing worship leaders of Southern Illinois. You're certainly working amongst worship leaders here. How have you seen in, in the last 10 years or so in your faith journey, how have you seen worship change? What are, what, what are big, what's a big piece that you're saying? Um, me personally, I see, okay. So like in churches, it's like a schedule. Like you start the song, you end the song, that's it. And then you go to the next song, you start the song, you end the song. You do offering, you start the song, you end the song, and then it's the sermon. But I feel like a lot recently people are more of, not that they didn't follow the Holy Spirit, but like just really following it and going into those moments of, I feel like the Lord's telling me to say this, or the Lord's telling me to sing this, rather than just like being on a set schedule of services and like just really honing in and like digging into like the deep end of it. And it's just like, it's more of like, I'm gonna let him control what's going on rather than me control what's Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, it's really getting away from the program yeah. format and really just diving into, hey, let's let's really lean into the moment and let's lean into mm-hmm. the experience and the encounter. And so we're getting away from this uh, very systematic format yeah. of church and maybe almost bringing the house style. I mean, you see it with Maverick City and you see it with Upper Room that d- this dynamic of, of um the house church model within the church. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's really getting back to the core. I would almost say that the church is moving back to, Hey, family first, like, let's, let's not do this community organization thing. Like, let's just do life together. Let's do family. Let's really strip back the layers of what we're doing and, and just get back to the heart of it. Mm, That's really good. Yeah. yeah, I see that more too. I, we've been doing more meals and kind of worship in the meals yeah. and, and, and just kind of collective stuff here on Wednesdays. Some, you know, I'd like to see more of that on Sundays. COVID made that a challenge for us. Yeah. We were doing mm-hmm. more activity-based stuff. We're looking at doing a community uh, in the fall. I'm, I'm planning a, a church-wide camp where we all go away and camp together. That's awesome. We just go away and just have a whole church camp and just go be, be away. 
mm-hmm. and just be people together. Church camp sounds like you a have really expe- cool festival. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things coming back around the house. Yeah. Church is an example of that. It, 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 what's challenging is it would require to do what you say will require. We talked about this in the previous episode, but it will require people to change their expectations coming in. People come in often to church as as spectators. They mm-hmm. come in as consumers. Yeah. Let's use the word spectator, consumer. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to get my church time in, like it's a like it's a prison sentence. Clock in, yeah. clock in, clock, clock out, clock out. Yeah. That is a problem that we have in the church. We've created that. We've yeah. built. We we've, we've programmed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to lunch after that, and 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 depending on whether you're the long winded church or the not winded church, it depends on whether you get fresh chicken or cold chicken or old chicken or no yeah. chicken. Yeah, and I was gonna say like don't don't get me wrong, metrics are important, yeah, but they are not the mission. They're yeah. not the mission. The, the the numbers and the uh, the rise in charts or things like that, like that stuff doesn't matter if one pu- person doesn't walk away with their life being changed. Right at right. the core of everything we do, it has to be life. But these things are at tension because the church has completely been built today around the consumer model, which has really been devastating to the church to some yeah. extent. It's, it's brought out some good things because it's caused us to develop and it enhances thing. It creates mm-hmm. creativity and stuff like that. But I don't know if it's motivated for the right reason. I yeah. think it's led us to the point where we, that's why right now yeah. we have idolized so many worship leaders and so yes. many pastors. And, it's, it's, and, and how disappointed are we right now? Because Whether you take Hillsong, was it, is it Hillsong that just had the crash? This was, yeah, it's yeah. Hillsong. Oh, God bless I these mean, guys. And, we, and to be honest with you, we've, I know that everybody's responsible for their own actions. Yeah, for sure. But we've also put people on towers that they can't live on. Exactly. Well, I think it hurt. It hurt a little bit. It hit a little close to home when I actually recently watched a video, and it was the Atlanta uh, campus. They were starting a Hillsong campus church, and the pastor had to go up and say, "So sorry, we will not be turning into Hillsong Atlanta." Right. And he was heartbroken about it. And he was like, but at the end of the day, you guys come first and your spiritual life comes first. But it's just And Hillsong did so many things to change people and the mistakes of a leader at the top. There's all kinds of things we can get into. You know how excited people were for Hillsong and And how much it's groomed worship leaders and people have been, it's touched people's lives. And it doesn't change that. It just kind of bursts the bubble and we realize that we don't worship people, we worship God. That's that's the point. It's like, when our worship gets realigned to who it's supposed, like our worship needs to go back to being for God. That scared me so much. I was That's like, okay. Sorry, that was me. No, <laughs> but when our worship gets realigned back to God, no question, things are going to fall. And, and I think to get the revival we need in the church that we need to see, we're going to have to get past the old uh, schedule, lean into the moment again, reteach people not to be consumers but to be worshipers mm. and to be. To be givers, and and that's going to take a little bit of a flip because yeah. it because as you make that flip, people get frustrated. Control people get frustrated. People that have an expectation and they go fine. We're going down the road to the new consumer model, mm. and and you can as a pastor go, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose the church. I'm going to I'm not going to be able to do. But this. Wh- okay, that's an interesting thought. Why would a pastor ever say, oh no, I'm going to lose the church? But they do. But you've read you've read the Bible. The Bible tells you how it's going to end. Every nation. Every tongue, every tribe. How are you afraid that you're going to lose the church? And part of that problem is the church is not beholden to the Lord. Yeah, their identity. Well, their identity's right, but it's (laughs) it's it's actually more. That's true. Their identity's right, but it's more basic than that. It's a lot of times the church is beholding not to God. It's beholden to a mortgage payment. Mm. 
They're paying a mortgage Come on. at the local bank. Mm. And the fact is that person walks, that person walks, that person walks. You're not going to be able to make that mortgage payment. A pastor can go without pay for a long time. I, I've got enough food in my freezer. I, I don't need anybody. <laughs> well, I I sell my, I, I'll sell my base. Yeah. I have gone for years without stuff when I was planning yeah. churches. So we, we, we'll survive. But a lot of times churches are so beholden because they had to have the next church, the next sanctuary, the next lighting system. People talked them into the new comfortable space. They had to put the new roof on and they're mortgaged to the hill. So I've got a lot of colleagues today that want to cut loose and get back in the moment. In the back of their mind, if I don't preach the gospel in a woke way that's going to keep people happy, or if I don't adjust it or soften it or this, how do I make that next mortgage payment? Which means God is not in control, the banker is. <laughs> but then they, that takes me back to a simple verse. It says, who will draw all men to him? Yeah. Who, who's who's the guy that does that? I, I know. I, it's but, not it's not us. But but I've watched pastors that can't take vacations. They got to come back from their vacation because tithes are down, and they got to get back. And their their their, their deacons call and say like tithes are down. You got to get back. Can't take them on vacation because oh, people man. don't give if you're not here, and we won't be able to make the payment next month. And you know I've got all this staff on me. There, there there's a there's a side where the show has gotten so big, and the 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 tent has gotten so much to be the, 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 the show on earth that we forgot that at the center, that is one that owns everything. You know, what's cool. When I hear you say that, this is what comes to mind. When our worship is based on our organ or our worship is to our organization or to our leaders or to our system that we have at our church. Fear is very prevalent. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And it's, but it's when, yeah. when worship is directed to God, faith, is very evident and there's a rub when you go to make the shift when you when you shift to a cedar session you know you know it takes there's a sacrifice in every leader that you had that gives up some of themselves but also they trust in the other person 100%. And, they, and they let something happen and then they see the value of that something happen and then it ignites and has a life of its own to make this shift at a church level a lot of control freaks will have to be defeated a lot of people are going to have to surrender and 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 turn their eyes to Christ and give him the church and if necessary walk out of a building if necessarily surrender that we have too many frankly yeah. and i'm not griping on that i'm saying different but i'm saying it's a real issue today because the thing i really have appreciated about community faith church experience yeah this church has never ever been in debt to a mortgage ever Praise we, God. we we built everything yeah. we we've never gone to the bank because before me and even now, we've never wanted to be beholden to anybody but Christ to do this. So if That's we want to build something, we want to buy a vehicle, we raise the cash. That's good. But if God's people are for it, who can be against it? Right. Right. On. That. So we're going to have to figure out how to get dependent on our on our Lord, and mm. and that allows to make the change. So uh, I think a lot of pastors need to hear what you're saying. I think a lot of worship leaders need to hear what you're saying. But I think they're going to have to have a real honest conversation. Is the church controllable? And if we are controlling it, is that the church? And I think the biggest change we're going to have to make is, to, as she said, flexibility and able to dig in it and lean into the moment. To lean in that moment, you have to give you have to give it up. You know, I, I think about when, um, or the thought that came to my mind was, what if what if the reason people have that mindset is because we've taught people to worship the altar so well? I, I totally agree, and I, we just I, forgotten how to how to worship God again. And it's that the scary. altar was was the direction was really to point us in the right direction. And yet we stopped at, we stopped, 
we stopped at the transition point. It's like church was meant to lead people to God and direct the, our vision to him. And instead we just really fell in love with church and how church works Absolutely. as a system. And, and, and we have to be able to see whether when we're leading people to Christ, whether they end up here or there, or whether uh, it's over here or there, or whether we're leading people across the world into Christ, do we value them in that relationship as much as we value ourselves? You know, do we really love God? Do we really love people? Yeah. That was your whole, that's how I live my, that's how I live my life. But you have to honor that. And and I I spoke in the last episode about a battle I had, you know, four or five years ago that's still (laughs) still wrapping up where you have to kind of, you have to face off against that leadership model and go, it's, I'm not, I'm going to refuse to say that we're all about just what's for us and us for no more. And are these church walls, are we ready to lay down the life of the gospel to see the kingdom of God expand here? If it means giving up everything. You know, we've, and are we okay if somebody else gets the credit for it? Do we need the credit for it? Do we not trust God to see what we've done with our stewardship? Mm. I mean, I don't need to show you the biggest pile of bricks or the biggest church, or the biggest pew. I, I just need to show God that my, I've been faithful. God sees what I've done. Yeah. He knows my motivation and whether it was done for good or for bad or for right. selfish reasons. And that's the battle I think you're going to have to see fought right now in the pews of Southern Illinois. Many of these pews and churches are getting emptier and emptier because that model won't produce. I think the reason they're getting emptier is because also we won't face the reality of our situation and we constantly put band-aids when people People really just need to say, hey, we recognize that that's not okay. Yeah, I agree. The one thing I will be okay with is someone who who admits they have a problem and they need help than someone who constantly pretends they don't have a problem and they're fine. It's like I'd rather work with someone who wants to get better than with someone who says, oh, dude, I'm good. And your psalm that you used early on, Psalm 92, about being planted in the house of the Lord and in old age being able to bear fruit. Mm. To do that, we have to constantly be dying to ourselves. We have to constantly be yielding to what God wants to do in our community, in ourselves, in our leadership models, in the worship teams. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this too, you know, I'll put myself out there because I think it's so important to be transparent and honest. I have made a lot of failures even while in ministry. Yeah, me too. I've missed oh, it. Me too. I've called oh, out yeah. the wrong people for the wrong reasons. I've said the the wrong things at the wrong times. Yeah. I've said some funny statements that I thought were genuinely true and they were completely wrong, you know, but it was because I admitted, oh, that's off. That's off. Yeah. Self-awareness and having that only sets you up to say, hey, I'm willing to learn because I have a lot to learn. I, I'm learning so much from Ben. I'm learning so much from Lucas. I'm learning so much from my wife. I don't, I don't even take for granted. Like I think churches would grow better if they made room for more women. I think churches would grow better if they made room for more young people. Absolutely. I think churches would grow better if they made room for more older people and have wisdom in the church and then have dreamers in the church. That's right. That's, and and give, the dreamers, give the dreamers room to fail even. Because because yeah. I have felt yeah. a lot of you, know, you have to you well, have to so have so the to. some of the biggest changes we've seen you've said are, are we're starting to see more flexibility and maybe churches starting to dig into it a little bit yeah. we got more I think we got a lot more work to do with that I think there's room for that I think the spontaneity of worship is, is starting to invade in certain places and hopefully that'll expand what what is the what is the biggest change you've seen uh, with worship and stuff during the COVID time. Not, now we're going to talk about post COVID in a minute, because I do think a few things have changed even since then, but what did you see really, what was the dynamic challenge during COVID? Cause I think it caused some disconnection in some ways it caused some people, it caused some people in our church, you could see 
people that were solid, they stepped forward and the church persevered in a, in a mm. great way. I saw depth develop. I also saw some people uh, kind of disconnect and I saw fear become a new strength. I think the enemy increased in fear some during COVID. A hundred percent. I think it, you know, when you go through a tough time, it only reveals what's already there. That's a really good point. You know, because people will tend to, when things are okay, people tend to hide issues. I was having a conversation with someone and a friend of mine had experienced some church hurt and really that they had revealed some past sins. And then what pretty much was said was, oh, well, you're not really saved. You're not really, you know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, people fail every day and without forgiveness, we could never continue on, right? And so COVID released so much clarity about the situation, really the real status of our church. It did. I I think it revealed our vulnerabilities because churches that were anti-technology, say maybe they were really stuck in the old days. Yeah. They were very fearful of outside oh, influence. How many churches went live stream? Some did, some did, some did, some did. And the ones that didn't are gone almost. Uh, There are so many gone. They'll never recover. They'll never recover their people. They weren't able to make the move. Uh, They were, or they waited too long. They couldn't get the equipment afterwards. So you you either jumped on it, you didn't, or you wait behind. The the number of churches that disconnected from their own people, because out of fear, they shut down to the point that they couldn't even service their own people in the moment of fear. What would they do if it was really a persecution? What if this looked like the real time? That's what I was about to say. You know what made, it made churches really, realized that they were so focused on moving forward they had no depth they had no depth and you know what when you don't have depth it means you're not rooted and when you're not rooted you get blown away by and i think it only revealed the truth and here's the deal uh I, I've done a lot of work in Liberia. Ebola was 85 to 95% fatal. It means everybody, child, whether it's Rosalie, anybody that got it died, 90, 95%. They were using our churches over there that we started as morgues. My vehicle over there was a morgue vehicle. They were carrying bodies in it. So that would mean in this room, there's five of us in this room, six of us in this room. That would mean that five of the six of us, if we got Ebola, would die. Okay, COVID was, if five of us in this room got the COVID, None of us would die because it was like 1%, 2%. People I know and love died. In our church, we lost people. Mm -hmm. But in our church, we lost two people. Right. A couple hundred people, that's the 1%. The the children were relatively safe. I'm not saying COVID wasn't serious. I'm just saying, what would have happened if we had Ebola here? Mm. Now, I saw in the African church, they pressed in on God. They served each other. They buried their sick. They turned their churches into morgues. They loved each other, and they had nothing. You know, that's what I was was thinking about uh, whenever it first started. I was thinking about the priests and even in, like, old, old, you know, fathers and whatnot who would open up their home when like the influenza hit. Right. You know, and, and they would say, no, I'm literally going to lay my life down if it means I get to serve another human being. There were people that took care of people in, in Ebola in Africa in their suffering, knowing that they probably would get it and die themselves yeah. just because they were willing to lay down their life to help a family exactly. or mother with children. Right. There are people that took in many, many kids that are no longer theirs. Yeah. What would we look like here if Ebola hit the church, would the church, cause the church struck, I mean, let me just say it. We lost like one out of 10 churches, one out of some places. I mean, two out of 10 churches were gone. Right. Uh, the real church came forward. You saw what was underneath that. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it was a sifting for us. I do think it was a wake up call. Yeah. And it's probably, I think maybe it's what stimulated some of this hunger to try maybe something else, a little more digging in, yeah. finding something a little, is there any kind of potatoes in the ground here? Something we could really. I think McKinsey has a really good perspective on, 
on, you know, that, that COVID time, yeah. because we, we, you know, we were in ministry, we were in a position, yeah. but we walked through that. But I, I would, I would almost let you talk about, you know, kind of that, like what was revealed when COVID hit? Like with the people in church? Or? Yeah. What did you see? Did, did, so how did, the, what happened to the church during that time? I think the people who really were going to church, not for themselves, you know what I mean? Like themselves, but people who are like genuinely going because they, they knew that, you know, to go, I'm, I'm doing it not for me, but doing it for the kingdom and to serve others and to serve the Lord. And no matter what, like, no matter what happens, I am here to serve, whether I'm, there's people around who are sick, whether, you know, what, obviously if they're sick, you know, stay home, whatever. But yeah. like, I don't know. We, it's just we, like, there's no we, audience. We had 19, yeah, we had about like, 19 people in our production team that came in, risked their life to put the service forward yeah. during COVID here. It's, so, it's and, like a fear. Yeah. It's like a fear tactic that like, they were like, oh, I'm so scared. Okay. Well, there's so many, like there's, like your dad says, like people, if you're sick, that's what the church is for. Yeah, we want to help you. <laughs> that's where the, that's where we want. Sick Don't run from the church. Like, exactly. the baby's like, Hallelujah. <laughs> that's what the church is for, yeah. and that's what God's people are for. And I, I, to pray don't you don't you to, think you know in, in pitching when a pitcher's going to throw the ball, but they don't throw the ball, they call that a balk. Yeah, they, they, you balked at the pitch and they give you a base. I think so many churches balked when they should have been throwing the fastball. That was their yeah. day to shine. You know, yeah. we we were calling. We, we couldn't. There meet. were so many people who weren't rising up to the challenge because they were. Ne- never called they were scared with. of technology they were scared to do this they no, were no, scared I of was say, i'm yeah. saying that the reason people said no when it was a hard time was because they weren't called when time were times weren't that's called. right it, yeah right we re- were only calling people because we needed you right when in reality we never called on people because we believed they had value to add to what we were doing yeah. we only called on people because we needed help right and then it proved that the church only uses people to a means to move forward not not right people are the end right but, people but, are but the i goal. also saw in, in here we had hmm. people stepped up they came in the lead they risked everything and the group that served we served week in and week out we got to be close yeah. it was almost when we opened the church back up we almost felt invaded by people that were le- lesser <laughs> you, you had to kind of you had to crucify a bit because you had been through a crusade with people here that had offered their lives yeah. and then there was one point in time where ben i and lucas we all had covid we flipped it and we did the services ourselves and we asked all of our loved ones stay home but we got to have the three of us yeah. and we we had a covid only service yeah, and I we think, and the church went forward for a couple of weeks. Come on. I think that like with COVID, you really learned who is there, and what <laughs> like motivated of, them exactly out of like the people who would serve. Right? Are they serving because they think that they would they lay down are good, no and they're good singers, a, and they're good at this, and they they're good at that? Seen. Or are they really there to serve the? And kingdom? could they worship without people? Yeah, we in, exactly. Because we, we had a dark room, and there's nobody to worship to. So you either you, you either yeah, you really see people's true colors when it comes you know to funny? stuff like that. Worship reveals who you really exactly. are. Oh, that's a really it really good does. Yeah. Because when you worship, yeah. see, when you show up to worship the system, the organization, it reveals who you are. So most people who really are there to worship 
worship God, they are, like scriptures say, undignified, unrestrained, right. because they are in love with their creator. But it, it was a huge chance. It was a huge chance. When we came, we met, we did great worship. We, but then we had, you know, I know you guys did this as well. We were calling every family every week to see what we need to do. Every family that had COVID, yeah. we were taking food and meals. and That's resources. love. Yeah. I, That's bought, love. I bought more NyQuil for people and more drugs yeah. for people. But you see, We delivered a bag of about $30 of medicine to everybody that got COVID. I would go back to what you said earlier. The only reason people were calling people was to make sure they kept getting that income kept Golly. making sure we held on to people because we had that mortgage like you mentioned but not because they loved people see i think and i think those churches the churches that did that are gonna they, they didn't come out or they're, they're they're devastated and i think the churches did it for right motivation you're seeing fruit today i think i think you know fruit comes when you genuinely put the right things in the right place so i i think we could all agree covid in some way was at least a sifting a little bit of the church. It was so revealing. It certainly it revealed sister. everything. It so, revealed so, so, so let, let me get with this, and we're about done here. But, but, what, what would you say post COVID? I got one more question of that. What would you say post COVID, coming out of this on the other side? I'm starting to see, uh, you know, I'm starting to see people kind of open back up a bit. They were a little shy for a while. Yeah. We saw Sunday. I've seen the last two Sundays. I've seen people light back up in worship. They're beginning to respond back beyond the people that were with us the whole time. Um, for a while, the text people online were almost lo were louder than our people here. Yeah. Our Wednesday night, I get better questions from our, our at-home people than I do our people in the room right. because it's almost like they got disengaged. Mm -hmm. They're trying to figure out how to... Re but I've seen the last couple of weeks and could be Cedar Sessions lighting people up. You know, I've seen a re-engagement, a hunger, a digging in again, yeah. maybe yeah. taking a risk. Yeah, I think it's because it's like they are coming to realize like, oh my gosh... I missed out on, or I would almost say people were saying, "Why was I ever afraid?" Why, yeah, like, why was I afraid? Like, they're why so was I tired afraid? of all the the yeah. craziness, the, like, the nonsense that happened. And yeah. worship reveals who you are, exactly. And I think people have seen their fear, and now maybe they're maybe they'll be conquered. I think we as preachers yeah. and worship leaders need to do a better job of getting people ready for the next event because yes. if, if we think if we think COVID was an event, it wasn't even close to what we read about. No, exactly. not at all. Yeah. And that's the it's craziest like that, thing. Is that like, many people were scared of this? Okay, well, what? <laughs> what do we when do? The Lord comes <laughs> back, what do we do when it's crucifixion? What do we think about our Syrian <laughs> brother and sisters Goodness. that are getting crucified today to stand yeah. for the gospel? Yeah. Our Iranian brother underground church people that are risking their lives for the gospel. Our Chinese brothers and sisters. We are so. We're Less. coddled. We are coddled. Oh, I thought you were going to say we're so soft. I was we are say, soft. Yeah, we, we are. We're, we're so soft. soft. Yeah. We're coddled and we're we weak. Are, I was but ready we're for that. But we I, I do think the God's let us, let us be revealed a little bit here, and and hopefully we can upgrade a little bit and be ready for the next one yeah. a little bit better. I do think that that's a real key. Let me let me ask you this last one really big. What what, what do you see the next? That just do a little bit of prophetic work. What do you see the next big move, the next big challenges as we move forward in worship and redefining maybe what the church will look like in this next next ten years, five years? What would you like to see? What do you what, what do you what do you see on the horizon? I it's family. Yeah, it's family. If it's not family, it's not it's not going to grow. If, because when you put things back in the right order, God intended for the family to reproduce here on earth. Like you want re to reproduce what you're doing in your culture or your creative community. Okay. Well make it about family. Yeah. Family, like, both at the family level, nuclear family at the church family yeah. level, yeah. just the family in general. That, I, like yeah. I'm almost to the point where it's like, we need to stop treating people. Like we're just waiting for them to move out. 
and really just say, hey, no matter where you are, no matter how far you go, we're always going to have a connection. That's we're right. always going to be connected. Yeah. I think that's just powerful. If worship doesn't begin with family, it's not going to happen at church. No, I agree. If it doesn't start in your home, don't expect it to happen in your church. And, so, yeah. yeah. We're going to need to dig in. You know, I, I think I think the worship's, like we said, worship's going to reveal who you are. And then to rebuild out of this, we're going to have to focus on the family. Yeah. Both, both the family is, you know, the family in your household, yeah. you know, Rosalie here and that, but but your church family, our extended community of faith family, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think that's what Cedar Sessions are allowing to happen, connection and family and relationship. And that's causing yeah. every church that's connected to this, I think is seeing the uh, the heat of the flame of the Holy Ghost, kind of the temperatures rising in the place. And it's been so unintentional. That's been the best part is that. Our, it's not the purpose. No. It's a result. No, but we, you know what? We're going to steward that well because, yeah. you know. We but when we go into the fire, we got, when, when we're focused on God, it, there will be a, t there'll be a tempering. And, and that tempering comes by that relationship. Look, with great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> yeah. okay? Uncle Ben. And I'm telling you, that that's where we are. You know, you know, this moment gets thrust upon you. You better rise up to the challenge yeah. or really just admit that you... And, and for me to just speak for, for me for, for me just to speak to pastors and church leaders out there right now, we have got to to let this stuff begin to get some breath in it. Mm -hmm. we, we've got to we've got to move past the mortgage payment. We've got to move past uh, the facility and the facade. We have got to lay the equipment that the church has at the feet yeah. of those that are gifted. Sure. And, and we, you know, one thing's great about this church is we have. Mm -hmm vehicles, we have tech equipment, yeah. and, and we try to make that as available to other people and other churches and other kingdom projects as we can. This place is so busy being used. And I want to give, you know, if you are experiencing what he's talking about right now, I want to give you grace right now. You don't have to have it all together. No. You no. don't have to have all the answers. Just start. You just, right. You just have to take action. Give your building That's to Christ. Give it. your facility to Christ. Give your ministry to Christ. Yeah. Give your car, your, your church via. Right now, one of our vans is in at Life Source Church in West Frankfurt. So so th th theirs broke down. Brent's my, my, I helped mentor his church. Right. He's from Barber. He's got his pastor. He, I was in the barber chair and he said, Hey, our van broke down. They pick up almost a lot of their people. Wow. And I said, dude, I've got vans that aren't being used. Come get the key. Yeah. He on. says, we're trying to buy something that could take a while. I said, then take a while. See, that's what family does though. So he came yeah, and got the people, van. People don't even comprehend. No, 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 that's the church van. How can they use the church van? <laughs> it's a church van. It belongs to the church. And the old oh. mindset it's would like, go. What? The what old, are you talking the about? old, the old mind was that would be the old mindset with the leader. Be go. Where's our church van, Pastor? I said it's doing church work in West Frankfurt. What is it? It's uh, scripture says in Matthew. It says if your friend friend asks you for a coat, yeah, what would give you, them your coat. Yeah, what don't give they? don't give them a serpent. You know, yeah, right? Like, so, so I mean, like, he cut my hair and he had a vehicle by afternoon. And I do know this: if I had some, if he had something I need, he would be quick to be there for me as that's well. What the, that's what we're for. That's, that's what, what we're God's for. People are for, and it drives. I, I think it drives all of us nuts. Again, I, that, that's I, what if, people think. That's if right. It does not happen in your in your home if you do not practice that with your family. Like Mackenzie and I have put ourselves on the line several times for things we actually people we actually believe in, and I told her i said if it costs us everything in this moment well you do i'm not going to be afraid you want to know why because i've seen god again and again show up hmm. we give more this this year last well actually technically last year last year we gave more than we've ever yeah. given because we were willing to say yeah. god if we give it we know it'll come back and we're not even going to worry if it comes back mm -hmm. because you're our provider the number of times i've told my wife in the last in the last year 
when I go to a meeting or focus on this or that, I said, you know, when I come on, I may lose my job tonight or I may not have a job tomorrow or they may run around me out of the church, but I, I've got to get this off my chest. I yeah. said, are you okay with that? And she's always like, thumbs up, go get it. You know, because we yeah. do what God's called us to do. Yeah. Exactly. Take some risk. But what I, what I like about it is, is we have got to give our churches back to Christ. We've got to serve. They're not ours in the They're first place. They're not ours in the first place. I, I totally agree. It wasn't our idea. Yeah. And, and I think in doing, in doing that, we begin to muster the resources, whether it be the worship leader gifts that we have, the man's, the, the exactly. various gifts, the, the, we begin to muster those things to where they right. need, need to go. And we've got, we, we've got to ask for deliverance from that and actually forgiveness because it's his house. Yeah. And we need to make sure these things are being used. We have a lot of churches, a lot of resources that are underutilized, underneeded, uh, underutilized, un un unavailable. And we just got to get them back in action because yeah. the community is separating from Christ and church. And and I really think it, it's while it's dark out there in the world right now, gosh, when it's dark, it's a ch chance for the light to shine. Mm. Exactly. And to do that, we're going to have to be unselfish and we're going to have to lay it down mm. yeah. and, and be willing to risk everything. And the mindset that we have amongst leaders, that if that vehicle or that thing's not being used for us here in this house, in this place, that's selfishness. We've got to crucify that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very my, my, my. It is. I, and we're not yeah. doing that. You know, Cedar Sessions is probably going to be the one thing people will come to and they, yeah. they have this idea that it's going to be an opportunity to release their new music and new album and it's like, you got it all wrong. Yeah. Because if it's not about everybody in the moment and you think it's yeah. just about your opportunity to perform on the platform, you got it wrong. That's not what we're here for. Right. I get you. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you it's that's not what we're here for. We're no. here to serve one another and to pour out something original. It's not fluff. It's not. Fit. We're here about the connection and the real exactly. relationship, authenticity yeah. and, and seeing God glorified in the end. Exactly. And I, I, I do see revival happening in the community. It will take some mindset changes, but it's going to also take people like yourself to be out there and risk something. And you guys are doing a great job. I'm really proud Thanks. of you guys i'm proud of the work you're doing anything we can do here to foster yeah. and support that and you are i would say you're yeah. probably are well, without knowing it, it you're our greatest supporter because your guys have been like well, really no, no. doing the heavy lifting. and i think because we've been unselfish we <laughs> fought some of the look we fought some of these battles three four five years ago yeah. we said when c said no this is when we took our stand and said we're not going to do that that's not going to be our attitude i'm willing to plant a church in this community working alongside other pastors who we may never get a member in our doors from but the kingdom of god would expand is that good enough. I, I asked that of our church a few weeks ago and our church astoundingly repeatedly said, amen, amen, amen. amen, amen they, we amen. don't have to have them here. We need them in the kingdom of God. Yeah, if we can really, we say that a lot of times Like we, we, we kind of pastors will say they mean that. Oh, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. not really. I need to, I need my pews full, you know, and you want them full, yeah. but the best way to get them full is to give it totally to Christ. Yeah. If I be lifted up, the Bible says I will draw all men Exactly. unto me yeah that's the power of worship that's the power of the gospel we have to give it away we cannot control yeah the so to answer your question yet yeah, covid revealed that people didn't have character yeah and 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 let me can me let me tell you what everything <laughs> hangs on i've learned this really clearly as a pastor for 35 years now character is important it's everything rises and falls on character right yeah. but the heart of character comes in courage come on and we, what was revealed in the sifting was that we are largely made up of a lot of fear. Yeah. And we have got to crucify that yeah. fear and let the courage. That's why God says over and over, Moses says over and over, that's what the book says over and over to the leaders, stand strong and be courageous. Yeah. Because everything else rises and falls on courage and character is built on that courage and every other, every other integrity point comes out of that. So we you know uh, it reminded me of uh, everything rises and falls on leadership yep. by John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Okay. So if God's in his rightful place, 
He's right we won. There. But we have to have the courage. <laughs> That's it. We have to have the courage to trust that and press in on that and, and put our ministries on it. And I think it's what you're doing with the Cedar Sessions. Hey, folks, get out and check out the Cedar Sessions. Go to YouTube and Facebook to find out about those incredible ministry guys. You guys are just incredibly thank precious. You, thank yeah. You. We love yeah, you. Rosalie, thank love you guys for what you're doing. We're glad at Community we can be a part of any way. And thank you. I, thank, thank you to you all the churches. Thank you. thank you for every church. Yeah. Destiny, for everybody that's yeah. making, making themselves available, making their worship leaders available. Please do that. And I'm, I'm just putting the challenge out to pastors. Call me. Let's go have coffee. Yeah. We have got a vision to, to continue to build a, a not ever. We need the different churches. Every yeah. church yeah. is important, but we also, there's some things that like we did the house hope together. We want to, I want to work to get some evangelism and yeah. I want to get some models out there <laughs> yeah. that cut past the yeah. garbage. Stop putting the sweet, the cedars between yeah, the churches. Look, yeah. I was going to say, look, yeah. we're, we're family. We might be the part of the family you yeah. don't like, but we're yeah. family. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. we're going to get out there and figure a way to re-engage some of the community. We're going to stand against the spirit of fear, yeah. but of power, love and a sound mind. Come we're going to speak for courage to rise. Yeah. We want courage to rise up. And we think, I think the Cedar sessions are building the threshold of courage and they're giving people an opportunity yeah. to get out and test themselves. And I, I don't, I think the work you're doing is at just the beginning point and I can't wait to see what God's going to do it. There's some cool business. projects in the works. Yeah, there, Let's just I, put it that way. I have, no, I have no doubt. So go check them out. Cedar sessions. We thank you for joining us Sweaty. for this on the doc, go to on the doc.org and check us out. All of our platforms, uh, info at on the doc.org for email. You can check us out on our eight different platforms, three featuring one, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Go check out the other ones as well. And you can go to Facebook, social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. Hey, check us out on Getter. We're trying to get more people there. Hit subscribe, like, notify, and hit comments. And also do the same on their YouTube sites at uh, Cedar Sessions as well. And become a partner with us or a sponsor at Patreon site. Go check us out there at On The Dock. And if you don't have a church home, yes, we can go. you can go to Love and Truth. Love and Truth, yeah. 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in Craneville. And come to Community of Faith. And They're thank incredible. You. Our, our, our graphic's up now. Let me They're put, worship leaders, all right. Oh yeah, yeah Ben's funny. a great job. Also, Israel Lopez, worship leader, love and truth. Church there He's is the up on the screen. Leader. Either one, go to both. Come to each every week. We don't care. We just want you in the kingdom of God. We yes. want you up at bat and doing stuff for the Lord. Pretty much. Thank you. you. Want to know how I want to end this episode? Yeah, go ahead, really go ahead, I want to say, Pastor Troy. Thank you yeah. for creating a space yeah. for people to have the conversations, for people to have the talks that they need to have, yeah. and for actually giving more encouragement than you realize you gave yeah. us a lot of encouragement through these and so we just want to honor you and yeah. thank well thank you, you so much I, I appreciate that you guys are doing so much for the kingdom and worship leaders if you're out there press in on this series i think it's like a workshop and process and feel free to reach out to, to daniel reach out to ben come have coffee with these guys we have a great coffee shop crown brew hey they didn't pay us anything for this episode but y'all can get together and have a cup of coffee there and if you need some some photography done reach out to daniel as well we're going to be getting him involved with the house of hopes 10th year coming up this year we're excited about that. We got a lot of talent in this space. We're going to use it. Uh, thank you for joining all the doc as we wrap up this episode as we've been doing. Uh, well, Lucas has prepared a cedar session so you can experience the power of the cedar session. Go check it out when their next one's coming. <laughs> but in the meantime, enjoy this as we sign out from on the doc. Lord bless you. Have a great day. Goodbye.
our last song. And I just really, really feel like you have got to sing the bridge over your family, over your church, over your city. I'm tired of seeing the enemy just take advantage of the church. I'm tired of seeing the church fall underneath the feet of the lies that this world is going through. I'm ready to see the kingdom of God on top once again. I'm ready to see the church shining like never before. I'm losing my voice and I don't really care because I'm ready. So we're going to sing this bridge again. And I want you to sing it with everything you got.